Actions Antidotes, your antidote to the mindset that keeps you settling for less. Today, I want to talk to you about kind of living your life in harmony, in a state of flow. Now, we've all heard something about a state of flow, but for a general synopsis of it, it's a time when you're truly present in the moment. It's a time when you're not distracted. And people often describe it as, when was the last time you were so involved in what you were doing that you forgot to eat a meal or you forgot that you had to go to the bathroom or something like that? Not that I'm advocating meal skipping or intensifying the pressure you put on your bladder when you have to go, but it is a really beautiful state. And it's often a state when we're at our most content, our happiest, and our most productive getting a lot done. My guest today kind of specializes in helping people bring themselves into harmony, into flow, and getting that authentic life. Arnaud St. Paul is the founder of Tapuat and also a two-time author and the inventor of something called the Heartful Method. He just kind of brings people in so many different settings into this state of authenticity, the state of being truly who you are. Arnaud, welcome to the program. Well, thank you. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for reaching out and uh, joining us today on Actions Antidotes, because what the discontent really comes from is the, the state of not being connected with who you really are. But obviously, you probably know more than anyone else about this. So just elaborate this on where this state of discontent that a lot of people feel, especially in our modern world, comes from. Right. When we observe these troubled times, you know, all the news and you're going and plus, when we went through all of us in the past few years, you kind of mm -hmm. obsess with them and therefore you forget all the rest. In other words, each time we're obsessing about something, each time we're identifying with something, we lose contact with ourselves. We forget ourselves. And hence that discontent that is not really related per se to the actual events, but more unconsciously, we're telling ourselves we're not going in the right direction. What mm -hmm. if a state of presence, of harmony, of inner connection, of flow would be our actual essence or birthright? And we can actually allow ourselves to live our lives through that, right? What mm -hmm. if all of a sudden, everything would come to me without an effort because I'm here now and I exist and I am in my state of flow, to take that example, or harmony or congruence or, or coherence of alignment. Mm -hmm. And that's what we can all do if we choose to. The moment we start to become conscious leaders of our lives, of our businesses, etc., then we can jump or better said, embark onto a journey where this becomes the norm. And so when you talk about it being a birthright, does that mean that we're all born with it? And if we were to yes. observe, say, a toddler just kind of exploring, meeting the world, I guess, are they in a state of flow? That four-year-old that goes and it's like, I'm going to play this piano here. Now I'm going to go and start coloring. And now I'm going to go do this and ride that rocking horse 100%. and everything else that they do. Of course. I mean, they are totally fully in that experience. There's nothing else than that, right? As mm -hmm. you were describing earlier, I mean, they are so much in that experience that nothing else exists. Now, 
obviously they can shift from one experience to another, right? And from coloring yeah. the book, then all of a sudden they are chasing a pirate or whatever. Yeah. But they are fully in it. And that's the gift we have, which is to be totally enthralled in the experience we're having now, because it's an amazing way, not only to explore ourselves, but also to have a journey, right? Mm -hmm. And therefore, it's less about the destination, it's more about the journey, it's more about being in presence to myself and meet the magic of the world with my own magic and therefore be supported and nurtured by this beautiful experience I'm having. What generally takes people out of this state of flow or out of their true harmony with themselves over time? It's a very simple thing. And it's one word, identification. Mm. The moment you identify with something, whether it's a news on the TV or it's a discussion with your partner or at work, doesn't matter. The mm -hmm. moment you are identifying with these emotions that are exchange being exchanged in that moment and you are totally in that basically again forgot totally yourself and you are in that exchange like when you're watching a movie where you are david or sophie or whatever is the hero yeah. of the movie you are sophie you're mm -hmm. not anymore arno or stephen or stefan you are sophie and yeah. so likewise when we identify with this, we therefore separate ourselves from ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So therefore, we are not anymore present to ourselves and we are not anymore in that place where we can be in the abundance of who we are, but in that self that is being expressed at that moment that needs expression. So it's all good, right? It's all okay as long as we remember ourselves to come back to the fold of that now moment. But mm. we have to take ourselves by the hand. All of a sudden we're taking right to go to that identification. And then we, mm -hmm. at some point we need to go back to the left so we can continue straight. And that needs practice. That needs awareness and consciousness that continues to happen, but it happens less and less or the recovery happens faster. Mm. And so when you talk about identification, mm. would something like, say, a job title, a political affiliation, a nationality, a certain movement that you're part of, are they all in the realm of forms of identification yeah. that takes us away from ourselves? Yeah. All this beautiful journey we are on as human beings, right, and as leaders of our lives is made of identifications, this idea of I starts with an I, which is the first letter of identification. I'm identifying mm -hmm. to myself as a husband, a worker, an entrepreneur, whatever you want, right? And each moment has its own set of identifications. I'm a husband that has two kids that is driving a car that thinking about the next uh, job or whatever. So and political affiliations and the brand I'm wearing and, uh, and the mm -hmm. car I own and all that stuff is a collection of layers that if we are to live in harmony with ourselves, we want to let go of. 
because they are a very small subset of all that I am. You mentioned identification and I begin with the same letter. Yes. In the French language, do they also begin with the same letter or is yep. it different? And in Spanish as well. Uh, well, that's good to see. That's pretty common to at least the three most common languages spoken on, on my continent. You know, I know it's different in other places. And also, it seems like what you're also alluding to is that these diversions from our authentic selves, these identifications are something that's naturally going to happen. Like we can't really avoid it. We can't really say, I'm never going to say, one of the things that I'll say to people is I'm a bike rider. I'm a cyclist because I rode over 2,500 miles last year, but that it's more about how we respond to it. Once that identification creeps into our mind and it's okay to watch a two hour movie and identifies the character for two hours as long as we go back to being our true selves once that movie's over. Yeah, I mean, you have done 2,500 miles. That's amazing. You are a back rider. Yes, by all means. Does that have to define yourself for the rest of your life? Maybe yes, maybe no. Up to you, right? Mm -hmm. Or would it be that next year you're going to ride... 3,000 miles with uh, not a bike, but a motorbike, and you become a motorbiker, etc. So do we want to limit ourselves or not? Is it mm. about constraint or expansion? Up to each of us. We all have the right answer. Mm. And so you help people kind of overcome this identification and uh, live in harmony with their true selves. One of the things I'm wondering about your general program is, how much of it is how you respond to when this identification comes into yourself versus controlling your environment? Because it seems to me just from some past episodes and some past discussions that there is some merit behind avoiding certain situations where people refer to as toxic. Uh -huh. So it is not at all about controlling your environment because there is no way you can. Control is from the ego, it's from the mind, it's from the ego mind, right? Mm -hmm. And it is about focusing and aligning with yourself inside you. And when that happens, then the magic starts. In other words, then less and less the situation we're talking about comes about in your reality. So to take an example... Let's say that I have an issue with authority on the female side, just to take mm -hmm. an example. Okay. Yeah. And so I have a trauma related to that. Therefore, in my reality, is going to come back again and again and again women that are authoritative and are telling me I need to do this and I will do it. Until the moment mm -hmm. I become aware of the pattern. And then I say, okay, this is not me anymore. I am letting go of that identification because this is also an identification. And mm -hmm. I choose another path, which is to honor myself and becoming my own masculine self in that example. And I do so one, twice, etc. And at some point, as I let go of that identification of that pattern, then these type of women do not appear anymore in my reality. That's how amazing we are. And that's how amazing this reality is. So what if we can actually 
It's not about control, but it's choose consciously how our reality is made of, right? Mm. And not from a perception standpoint, perception of the events, but more about the actual events themselves. And we have that key inside ourselves. It's there, for sure. It is there, but it feels like a majority of people, and this may be a little bit harsh, don't know how to lock into that. Of course. What do you think is the main barrier that prevents someone from kind of entering that harmonious state of being and being stuck in the whole, like, I'm worried about, like, I am my job. And therefore, if I lose my job, everything's going to be wrecked for me. You know, common mindset that people find themselves in. Identification. Again, the same thing. Again, you're in that movie, right? You're Sophie and you, you know, you're Sophie and you're going through the emotions of Sophie and so on. Would I suggest you that you're Stefan at that time? No, you're Sophie. There's nothing else in that. If I take a hammer, give you in the head, maybe you'll say, hey, <laughs> and then you become Stefan again. I'm exaggerating, yeah. of course. We are so enthralled by our stories, by our day-to-day, by all the different, and this, that is not working, and that, that is not working. So how could you say that we have harmony and whatnot? Yes, of course. Please be my guest. Continue with those stories. No problem. But then again, Mm -hmm. maybe there is another story you could be as good as with, right? And have an amazing life in the process. But that is by letting go of any identification that you are carrying with yourself. And there are a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I think it starts at a pretty young age. Yes. It is embedded in a lot of places in our culture, because even when you meet someone, you introduce yourself to someone. And that's something I've also been observing myself too when observing children, because children just say, hi, do you want to go play horses? Right. They don't ask like who you are, what you do, your name, (laughs) all those things. But like one of the things that we talk about a lot and, and I'm trying to get away from, and I know a lot of other people are, is that default question in adulthood what do you do? Which in American culture, in most places is usually defined as what do you do for work? What is your Mm -hmm. job? And even that there's a layer on that already that just defining yourself by your job doesn't really give too much credence to like all these other things. Like I never bicycled for a job, but it's still a main part of my life given Mm -hmm. how much I do that activity. But then on top of that saying that you have to like say something, you have to like attach your being whatever to some form of action to some form of of group identity yeah label it's a label yeah label yes indeed yeah and it's totally understandable this world which is made out of segregation where you have a tree you have a table you have a a house and so on we continue to have these labels needs so that we believe that we know the actual person or object that we are in front of, right? And it's a simple way for us to relate to it. We're not actually related to the nature of it, but to the approximation to it, right? If that makes sense. Mm. And it, it feels simple, but it's obviously a very tiny part of what we are in front of. 
And I guess also the what do you do is relating to, okay, if you're doing that, then you're earning X amount and then I can relate to you and probably I can maybe do business with you or not, right? Because that's the American way of doing things. Instead of the what do you do, I ask, what's your life passion? And then we start to have interesting conversations, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes it just happens. You can't guarantee it for sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I'm wondering is that, you know, you're helping bring people back into harmony. And I say yes. back into harmony because of that Tyler experience. We all experienced at some point. We've all had glimpses of it. Even the most hurried person, the most numbing person has glimpses of it at some point in their life when they have yes. their 90 minute periods or even 10 minute periods where they're truly immersed in a moment. You're helping bring people back into this. Does that change the way we relate to one another? Because one of the key issues of our current time is this divisiveness. And you're like, oh, you're this person, you're that person, as opposed to understanding people more fully. How does that look like? Well, actually, it goes way beyond that. It relates, it helps you change your relationship with yourself. You start finding a rhythm, a way to align with yourself, to accept yourself, to surrender to what is, to maybe even fall in love with yourself in that process because that's the journey we are on, right? And mm -hmm. because of that, then it starts to create new type of relationship with the people that you know or new ones. It helps you to have a more simple type of relationship. It is coming from a place of abundance inside you instead of being projected into the relationship it comes from your love to yourself and then it shines away towards the others mm. which is a an amazing way to do things because it's way more conducive to more joy more balance more peace etc and it's interesting because i've had some discussions recently around the idea of manifestation and i feel like there is the temptation to view this manifestation as another form of identity. Like I want to be this, yes, exactly. I want to be that. Exactly. And what does pure manifestation look like? So I do not use the word manifestation because it okay. is embedded with a lot of signification that are not, it doesn't align with my own view. So I mm -hmm. created uh, in the past 30 years, the heartful method, which is a set of 160 charts that offers a visual map of how consciousness works. And so within that framework, I have an understanding that served my experience and then the one of CEOs that I've been working with, right? And mm -hmm. for me, the key word related to that is alignment. So in other words, all that is possible is already there, it's manifested, and I'm aligning with one version or another. The better I align with myself, thoughts, emotions, actions, and more, the highest version of that manifestation I will align with, right? Mm -hmm. So it is all about letting go of all these identifications, entering into a place of simplicity, of ease and grace, and let the universe or reality bring in what I am ready to allow. Because most of the time, we don't want to <laughs> receive <laughs> gifts, funnily mm -hmm. enough. 
we prefer to live in a limited world because that's how we've been conditioning ourselves for so many years, right? Mm -hmm. We can decide otherwise if we want to. So you said people are conditioned to talk about like the mindset of limit versus abundance. Mm -hmm. Is it fear that keeps a lot of people clinging to a lot of the limitations that we see, whether it be identity or anything else? Like like you are this age, you are this gender, you can't do this, you can't do that. And every other way it, it kind of, you know, shows itself. Yeah. I mean, limitation is very important and is good. In this world of consciousness that we're having this human experience, it is important to have limitation because it brings contrast, which allows us to define who we really are, right? So if Mm -hmm. I have a father that is very authoritative, maybe I become someone that is very mellow. I'm defining myself through that. So just as one example. Now, these limitations are there as well to let go of them. And it is true that, you know, when I am in my little house with four walls that are quite close to me, I can even touch them. Yeah. It's comfortable. (laughs) It's okay. It's all good. And if you're asking me, oh, you know what? Hold on. I can tumble one of the walls. And you're going to say, no, 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 no. I want my walls because they're close. I know what it is. Yeah. So until I become conscious of myself, becoming aware and making conscious choices, this seems to be a world apart, technically and in reality. And once I decide, no, I am going now to make new choices and new patterns because I recognize that I'm doing this again and again and again, and I'm going to switch off the autopilot and getting into manual mode and I'm going to take start taking decisions. Like, for instance, well, I love women or whatever. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we open the door. We're not tumbling the wall yet. We're opening the door, right? <laughs> yep. And there we start to say, oh, it was not that fearsome. Actually, I was creating a full world of what was outside of the wall when it was just a door and there was a step after the door. So it was not that yeah. difficult, right? And yes, we can. Right? <laughs> like the whichever brand says that, but we can do it. Yeah. And it starts with one very simple step. And it's only one step at a time. And it only happens in the present. So if whatever fear we're having, anxious, anxiety, etc., is obviously placed in the future somewhere, don't mm-hmm. care. Come back here now. Let's start with that. I've heard them say something before, like, if you're full of anxiety, you're living in the future. If you're depressed, you're living in the past. Because I was kind of wondering what people need to do to open that door, right? Uh-huh. To, to, to open the door, to allow everything in that you're saying. And you're saying the first thing is to not live in the future and live in the here Nor on the past, uh, for that matter. Or nor in the maybe, past. Maybe the anxious person is in the past and the future, but definitely not here right now in this moment in her body and the same for the depressive person yes the key is always more love more now because love cannot happen if not now anyway right so it's all Mm -hmm. here 
I know a lot of people have observed over the last decade in particular, an increased interest in ideas like meditation. Mm. And I know you also talk quite a bit about self-talk, you know, what self-talk, what we're saying to ourselves, what role does that play in kind of getting us into that? Okay. I'm going to go into the here and now, and I'm going to open that door and allow the world of magic to come in. I mean, you could say it's helping you to go back into that present moment more and more and more, right? In a disciplined way, in the sense that offering you a space where you can be present to yourself, that's one thing. But it's also at the same time to start honoring yourself, honoring the fact that you're existing, letting go of the need of identifying to something, because when you're meditating, you're not identifying with something, right? So it gives mm -hmm. you a taste of another way of being. It helps you to start populating more of your time that way. So instead of doing, being. And being you, not being I that is that or this or this. So being I that is all that is. So being in your heart. So it's really helping you coming back to your foundation, to your essence. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask, is this some sort of a part of a larger scale movement? Because when I think of the world of the past, and here I am not living in the present, I guess, but I think of a world in the past as having more identifications and more limitations. I often refer to last century's culture as the one size fits all culture and that everyone is supposed to, you know, it's when I say living by the script, for example, mm -hmm. what I often am talking about. Is this part of some sort of movement that we're going through collectively as humanity right now? Or is this just something that people are thinking about in just some subculture? No, I believe that at the society level, consciousness is going through a transformation, which I think is quite obvious in the sense that in the past hundred years, we've been waking up to our humanity, to the fact that we were one at the planet level, then we started to interconnect communication. And then now yep. we're waking up to the social impact aspect, which is quite important if you want to take care of our planet, which is taking care mm -hmm. of ourselves in the process, right? And at the same yeah. time, he's waking up the feminine energy in our society day to day and spiritually speaking. Mm -hmm. And that calls for a higher awareness at the society level. And we also see religion going down, which is kind mm -hmm. of a marketing of spirituality in some ways, right? And waking up individualities who are in direct contact with their own spiritual self. So all that together for me in my little understanding of the world is uh, showing that we are waking up. Mm -hmm. Not everyone, obviously, each one in their own ways, but we are waking up. Tell us a little bit about the work you do. Is most of your work you do, I see that you have some retreats and some other type yes. of events. Do you do a lot of group work? Do you do a lot of one-on-one? -on -one? Is there a setting that you prefer? I would like to offer all of them. So we have retreats. It's more confidential setting, like 10, 12 people maximum in mm -hmm. an outstanding place always, because I want a place which evokes harmony also where we have a lot of different sacred sites around because that's where there is a higher degree of coherence right and alignment 
So that's one modality. I do have with a very specific type of people a uh, one-on-one coaching following that heartful method, which is a 90 days process. And we're going through the, the 160 charts. We have a weekly session there at the end of the three months the person has the tools to help herself getting into further alignment throughout the rest of her life. And sometimes I continue to advise the company afterwards. And the last bit is there is a a big self-help section where you can find my books and there will be more and more videos and audios around how you can help yourself, workshops that are available online. And soon we'll have the Heartful Method on a group setting as well, online, where I offer this as with live Q&A and everything. And then maybe someday I'll have big conferences, but that's not yet on the table. What led you to develop the Heartful Method? Like what, so, what inspired you, given this whole living through presence? And the only reason why I wrote the books I wrote and built that Heartful Method, which was not a Heartful Method at the beginning, Mind you, that was the, started 30 oh, years wow. ago. So it was just trying to understand myself. I, I'm, you know, I woke up when I was 13 years old and I was obsessed with one question, who am I? And I went through all the different religions and philosophies and practices and whatnot, and slowly came together charts, one and then another and then another, to help me understand something that I was not very clear about, right? The same way that the second book, I, I is born, 66 poems that helps me understand what is buoyancy, uh, joy, or faith, or trust, etc., from the self standpoint and also from the human standpoint, so that Mm -hmm. I have a better experience of what it means. And so Mm -hmm. nowadays, these charts became something coherent and is a tool that helps me to transfer that experience of mine, not a knowledge, but an experience, so that the person can actually acquire it or remember it, better said, uh, so that they can apply it in their lives. Well, it's interesting, and it's a common observation I've seen where a lot of people will not start building anything until they know exactly what it is, know exactly where it's going to be. You'll hear the term roadmap all the time. Yeah. But I've seen some of the most beautiful innovations come from when people just start building something. I mean, I, I put together this podcast out of kind of inspiration, not really knowing when people ask, well, what's your niche and how many followers do you have? How do you <laughs> tend to monetize it? You know, sometimes you just kind of, let the work kind of the process of, you know, you're building the work and the work happening Mm kind of come together and and figure out what it's going to be over time. Yeah. I totally understand you. (laughs) And it it is clearly in this case, an inspired work, right? Like, like the one you were inspired for as well. It is an expression of my life journey and my unique tone. That is me. And, you know, I'm sharing it and whomever resonates with it comes and drink to the, from that fountain and mm-hmm. who doesn't, doesn't. And that's okay too. I mean, life is too short for not having fun and, and live a magical life. At least that's, that's my understanding of things. And graduates of the Heartful Method or any of your programs, but 
yeah. they come out knowing how to live a more you know joyous experience. What I'm wondering is, is isn't an intense program? You know, I, I've heard people talk about these transformations being intense, emotional, very you know involved. No, it's very soft. I mean, from a time perspective, we're talking about an hour and a half every week, so it's not that big of a deal. Now, if you do your homework, right, which is to start acquiring the new ways of relating to yourself, it's going to be very gentle because, again, this reality of yours, unless you really want to have fights and adversity, you don't have to, <laughs> right? And it is highly likely that I will not work with a person that is very high adversity mode because he or she will not relate to what is being offered here. It's okay. It is a gradual process, right? Basically, if you think at your life being a symphony, right? And mm -hmm. let's say that you are only, you, you use one octave to write your song that is you, that process is helping you to go from one octave to another and another and another, and you create a higher frequency symphony of you. But it's always the same song, but it mm. becomes purer. And it's like you becoming a, a tuning fork of that unique vibration that you are. And it is just letting go of old patterns that do not serve you and automatically changes your reality and aligns with the new you. <laughs> I know a lot of your program is about kind of letting go of this identification. Yes. And also, it feels like it would also let go of a lot of places where a lot of other people slip up, which is how you respond to some sort of negative criticism from others. Mm. Do you... Personally, you know, having lived this path for, it seems like three decades, do you ever have slip ups? Do you ever feel yourself slipping into the trap of having an identity or hear someone say something negative about what you're doing and wanting to either respond or internalize it a little bit? So that I slip into the human form. Yes, I am, but I am more and more present to myself and I am at the same time in myself and in my eye, right? So there is that place where it becomes easier and easier. Now, yes, I have had moments that were more dramatic for sure. Mm -hmm. And there are still some of them, of course. The negative comments that strike me directly is not really often anymore. Now, one of the things that I share with the people is that life is here to tell us what we're not able to tell ourselves. Okay. So in other words, whatever is that is being unconsciously expressed will show up in our life. So we were talking about that trauma related to authoritative women earlier, right? And yep. I'm not aware of it at all. But it shows again and again and again in my life. So life mm -hmm. is showing up these events that not necessarily seems to be connected, but they are always are 100%. And when I am able to understand them, to become aware of them, to become conscious, then I can unlock, help the transformation of that pattern and then let go of it. And it happens instantly. 
in my course, there is a slide which is R equal F of I. So F and between parentheses I, which yeah. means reality equal a function of I. So in other words, everything that you're experiencing is always a reflection of you. Always. And that's scientific. There's no way around that. Mm -hmm. And that means that I has the power of changing reality as long as he learns the language and the process of helping that change to happen. And so the negative comments that you were mentioning earlier, if I would receive one, I know how to listen to it, not as Mr. So-and-so telling me you're an idiot or whatever, but yeah. more, I am telling that to myself through him because this is a reflection of me. And so I listen to myself. I open to myself. I say, I understand. I hear you. I love you. And I let go of it. Interesting. Not necessarily to that person, but to me. Yourself. Yeah. So you're saying if someone out there listening right now is in a place in life where they're saying, why does this keep happening to me? Mm -hmm. You're saying they should put a mirror in front of their face. Yeah, because that's what they are doing. Amazing. And I was going to ask, because we talked a little bit about how more and more people are kind of getting on board with this whole presence, with the whole recapturing our identity. Is this something that you're observing say different across, because I know you work across many different countries, many different cultures, different continents. Is this something that you're observing that's happening at a different yeah. pace for different uh, groups of people? Or is this more of just like some people are ready for it and some people just aren't? Well, I guess both of them, right? But anyway, I yeah. to answer the best I can your question, each society or country has their own pace they are all going in the same direction from an evolution standpoint. The U.S. most of the time leads the way, as usual, and then the world permeates to it as it goes and opens up to it. But for instance, there is a huge conscious renewal in Russia of all places. Oh, wow. This is quite amazing as well. But obviously it's in Russian, so not a lot of people know about it. My best clients are Russians. There are many places where this is blossoming in different ways, with different messages, obviously, etc., but all going in the same direction. That's fascinating. And I guess the other question I wanted to ask you about trends, a lot of these developments, I'd say, that's kind of led to that. You talk about the communication, the technology, everything that's kind of brought us together has in some circles brought some less than ideal results, i.e. some of the breakdown in our communities that's led to loneliness, depression, and some of the bad things that occur from that loneliness and depression. Do you see this as a, as a growing pain, kind of in a cultural collective sense of this transformation? It's also an invitation for everyone to face themselves and become present to themselves, right? Because if I'm not anymore in the community then now starts the time of discovering myself and how amazing it can be. Mm -hmm. We tend not to look at it that way, but then again, let's think again and choose differently. Maybe, maybe there's a mm -hmm. treasure inside 
that we were not ready. And it's interesting because, you know, religions was offering an amazing framework within which we could, in communities, have faith together. And this is disappearing yeah. as well. So everything is pointing towards a huge diversity where each unique individual has their own perfect way of seeing the world. And we all have the option of opening ourselves to ourselves. Do we want to choose it? That's for each of us to answer that question. So it's an invitation. And I mean, I'm talking culturally, but yes. I think we all have seasons of our lives individually as well, of where some can think, oh, this is this one period of time, whether it be you were popular in high school or college or had a period when you had like a new kid or something where you were constantly around a lot of people, constantly sought out for social endeavors, so much fun. And then other periods of life that tend to be a little bit more disconnected. And I think we, a lot of us had that with COVID where we were more disconnected from people. Yeah. And you're saying to see that as more of an invitation to, to do some of this work on how, you know, since, our reality is a reflection of our identity, what's inside to say, okay, let's reflect on that and see what we want to have reflected back to us or what we want to put out into the world going forward. Yeah. I mean, there's such an amazing magic inside I. Yeah. What if we actually uncover it? What if we actually invite it to have an amazing moment now with ourselves, potentially with other people afterwards, but from ourselves in any case? What does that mean? Would that mean that all of a sudden I start writing or all of a sudden I am just happy being me just now, accepting myself? That's a novel concept, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is a novel concept. Something a lot of people probably aren't used to. And But the thing is, once we start on that journey, it starts to become really fun. And more importantly, we're inviting so much abundance of joy and peace and balance. And so if anyone's interested in getting onto that journey, anyone listening out there wants to get a hold of you, what will be the best way to do it? To go to so, your webpage? I'm yeah, I guess. I remember how to pronounce it right. Go, go, <laughs> uh, uh, go to tapuat.com, T-A-P-U-A-T.com slash harmony, where there is a, a workshop called Three Ways to Find Harmony Within. It's a highlight. I share there a few things and then you can also purchase the workshop itself if you want on the website. So there you will find uh, on the website, you'll find the retreats and the, the books and the uh, content I'm sharing there, uh, some of the poems and, you know, I'm, I'm, we're going to share a lot. So happy to do so. So T-A-P-U-A-T, Tapua.com. 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 Yes. Slash Harmony. Well, Arno, thank you so much for joining us today thank on Anxious you. Antidotes for kind of getting us all acquainted with, you know, how to be truly harmonious and be truly present with ourselves and getting into that state of flow, because whether it's from the productivity angle that we hear about a lot, or just from the angle of pure enjoyment, pure mm -hmm. enjoyment of being where you are, I, I think it's something that a lot of people can benefit more from and can help a lot of us facilitate making our true dream lives come true yeah totally and uh you know let's do it <laughs>
Definitely. And I'd also like to thank everybody out there listening and encouraging you to, to stay tuned or tune back in again to Actions Antidotes for more interesting conversations with people who have pursued their true passions in life and uh, have some great ideas for how you can go about manifesting the same. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you.